Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 280 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here, the only show on the network with absolutely no Madam Web talk. Oh, shit. <laughs> you ruined it. Damn it. You ruined it. <laughs> so, Adam, how many times have you seen Madam Web? Uh, I, I have not seen it yet. Um, uh, maybe I'll wait until it comes out on streaming. I'm gonna. I'm depriving myself. It's one of those things where it's like, I need to. In order to watch Madam Web, that's a treat, you know. And you can't just do that on any day. You, you have to do that as like a celebration or like, you know, uh, just a reward for good behavior. I just don't feel like I've earned the right to see Madam Web yet. I was going to say, if you're going to wait for it to come out on streaming, so you're going to see it Tuesday? (laughs) I might wait till Thursday to get the DVD. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, no. So listen, I I did see it. Uh, You know, obviously go subscribe to the Longbox Heroes Patreon for the full recap of that when it comes out later this week. Uh, If you're in the Patreon, there's some spoiler-filled discussion of uh, my thoughts on it. But again, I, I... it was such an important thing that I I skipped watching Dynamite Live so I could do this. <laughs> you worked yourself into a shoot again. This is I LA did. Night all over again. I did. But you know what, though? I'll say this. LA Night worked out for me. And it's yeah. working out for him. And it's working out for everybody else. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people benefiting from my initial fandom of LA Night. I don't know how many people are going to get helped out by this fan of Madam Web. <laughs> the only thing I will say, uh, with the, uh, without giving any of the content of the film away, I have gone to this theater that's down by me opening weekend for a movie. Granted, it's like the Sunday morning show mm-hmm. for like a big blockbuster movie. Like I remember we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 there. Okay, There was maybe 10 people in the theater. Mm-hmm. When we went to go see Madam Web, packed. There was at least 30 people in that theater at <laughs> 7 o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> Everybody in their cosplay, were they waiting outside like overnight to get their tickets? Um, This is purely speculation on my part. Of course. But I think that there were maybe some people that picked that movie and time and day. Because they thought they would be able to sneak in and smoke weed. <laughs> because they assumed it would minute. be an empty theater. <laughs> Wait a minute, that doesn't line up. Madam Web fans are some of the most reputable, top-notch folks out there. Nobody smokes the devil's lettuce when they watch Madam Web. <laughs> I don't know, allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. But yes, go see Madam Web in between all the wrestling that you're watching, which is a lot because there's a lot of wrestling out there. Yeah. Joe, I have like huge news in my life. Oh, share here. Congratulations. Uh, You're getting your club foot fixed or. No, that's you. My my foot works perfectly fine. A little bit more than two years ago, a tragedy struck the Vansky compound. And that was that the ice maker in my fridge stopped working. (laughs) I thought it was going to be the snakes, but that's only been a year. No, snakes. No, I'm bees. Oh, bees. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So the ice maker in my fridge stopped working. And, like, I have to drink water at, like, faucet temperature. Like, it's cold, but it's not ice cold. And I'm like, how do you live like that? But 
I, I did all the troubleshooting. I just could not fix it. It just stopped working. And I hear Samsung refrigerators are dog shit. I wish somebody had told me before I bought it, but here we were. So I went two years without ice, Joe. And a couple days ago, I just hear this clunk clunk as ice like is dropping into the bucket coming from my refrigerator it just started working again like no rhyme or reason i have ice i don't know if you can hear it they're kind of melted now but like it's the best thing that has happened to me in years and that's that's not saying much but that's true i have so many i have so many questions um one i know you said you wish someone who told you this was bad if only you knew someone who worked at one of the bigger chain retail box <laughs> appliance places yeah. that could have filled you in with this information. This is true. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, the people that I know in that type of business, uh, appliances might've been their blind spot, you know, like oh, okay. it's one of those things you don't really, you don't really venture over to the appliance section and learn anything unless you're forced to. Now my in-laws have the same kind of, like the Samsung fridge. Mm-hmm. And so their ice machine broke in a different way. Like, uh, so I don't know yours. uh, Do you just put the cup? Is there a button that you push or is there like the thing that you push the glass back against? Uh, It has it. This it has a little lever that you push the glass against. And okay. uh, So it's the same lever for both water and ice. You just hit a button to toggle between the two. Okay. So the one that they have, it's one for water, one for ice. And the lever that you push back literally snapped in half the first week they had it. Hmm. And they did like it, you know, they live out in the middle of nowhere. They didn't want to go and return it. So like you could still get ice out of it, but you have to like put your thumb up inside it and push the thing in. (laughs) um, Because they refused to go get another one. And do you think your ice machine started working again because you stopped swearing at it? (laughs) <laughs> I never stop swearing at it, so that's okay. not true. <laughs> Just less so when the sports seasons are over. Oh, okay, you know, like I guess, like uh, so. Yeah, maybe it, I, it, there's no rhyme or reason to why it stopped, but it's definitely not that. That's a joke for one person who'll never listen to the show. So it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad your ice machine is working. Uh, I, I still have, you know, we haven't graduated to like a new fancy fridge. You know, we have my brother's hand me down before he moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. So it's like the two, like it's, I think it was probably like the last year that they made those type of fridges brand new where it's like the bottom door and the top door for the freezer. Okay. But it still works. It still hums. It's beautiful. You know, we upkeep like we we clean the shit out of it like you know anything that's like built up in it like once a week and then like i give it a thorough cleaning whatever my wife goes out of town which is actually next which is actually this weekend so it's due yeah i don't have to clean my fridge much because there's just a case of beer in the top <laughs> i think some ketchup like a ketchup bottle that's probably long since expired gotcha uh, and then some hot pockets in the freezer but th- those clean themselves <laughs> I'm dealing with some adjacent fires here. Uh-oh. Uh, so, hey, let's uh, let's get into the show. How about that while I'm uh, re- relaying this? Yeah. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right. Uh, this day in wrestling history, I don't have the clip for it. 
because uh, the site that I went to um, did a poor job of addressing these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 31 years ago today on a live edition of Monday Night Raw, or no, it wasn't a live edition, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake made his in-ring return in a match with either Ted DiBiase or IRS, I forget. <laughs> And, and this is Brutus Beefcake just coming back from a very depressing hiatus, correct? Right. This was the promo that we played two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, after the match, they uh, are going to smash Brutus's surgically repaired face in with uh, IRS's briefcase. This leads to two things. One is immediate and one is eventual. The immediate thing, it's the first time in his World Wrestling Entertainment career that Jimmy Hart turns babyface trying to stop Money Incorporated from doing this. Okay. And, you know, obviously Brutus Beefcake with a smashed-in face isn't going to be able to take on the World Wrestling Entertainment Tag Team Champions alone. So there's only one person he can call. Bad Terry. Bad Terry (laughs) makes his Monday Night Raw debut in a couple weeks here. Was Jimmy uh, Hart ever heel again on national television after this? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, so um, if so, he he's the babyface here. He goes over as the babyface manager with Hogan to WCW in '95, and then the infamous dungeon or the infamous Halloween Havoc, um, with the uh, monster truck battle with the giant, the debut of the Yeti. <laughs> that is when J- Jimmy Hart turns on uh, Hulk Hogan and joins the Dungeon of Doom, while Lex Luger also turns heel in the background of all of this as well. Okay, I don't remember Jimmy being in that, but there are so many fucking moving parts in the Dungeon of Doom that doesn't doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so it's it's and like it's one of those weird things where you know obviously we're watching like the the latter days of WCW stuff where Jimmy Hart goes. You know, he he's part of the Dungeon of Doom. Then he's just kind of like the manager for everybody in the Dungeon of Doom except Kevin Sullivan and the Giant. And then eventually he's just the manager of Ming and Barbarian. And then he's the manager of Brian Nobbs and I'm like... Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian Snugs, excuse Thank me. You. Yeah. And then when Lex Luger breaks his arm and the stuff that we're watching, he just becomes a babyface again, and he's with Hulk Hogan again. And there's no explanation, like other than like he he was off TV. He comes out as like Jimmy Hart executive at WCW who books WCW Saturday Night, and he gets in Lex's face. Lex beats him up, and then he's just back as Hogan's manager. Like bygones are bygones. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot all that. Ugh. <laughs> Adam, this is why I can't live a normal life, because all this shit lives in my head all the time. <laughs> you need to drill some escape valves, some escape holes. Let some oh, of that out. Oh, my God. I have speed holes in my head. I need escape holes now. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so uh, also on this day in wrestling history, um, 26 years ago, we're, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held one of their final actually named in your house pay-per-views. Um, this show was called World Wrestling Entertainment in Your House, No Way Out of Texas. Okay. But a, a lot of the branding for the show was very focused on the first three letters of hmm. No Way Out. Hmm. 
uh, now N O W. That's the first no. three letters of No Way Out. No, like <laughs> the N, the W, and the O. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I get you. All right. So the main event of this show is advertised as DX, who at the time was just Triple H and Shawn Michaels, um, and the new the the New Age Outlaws, who were not part of Degeneration X yet. They were kind of like affiliates, I guess. Yeah. Uh, taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Owen Hart, Cactus Jack, and Chainsaw Charlie. Okay. Um, but the problem is, Sean is hurt still from the uh, casket match at Royal Rumble with Undertaker. We need to keep Sean healthy enough to get him to WrestleMania to drop this, the, mat, the, the the belt to, sh- to, to Stone Cold. So uh, they have a replacement uh, in the match for Shawn Michaels. And they always say, when you can't deliver on a star, the replacement always has to be bigger. I don't know how you can get any bigger than Shawn Michaels, but let's see. Bruce, Brucey says it. Jim Cornette says it. All the great minds in professional wrestling get it. And if you know your wrestling gazintas, then you know who it is. But and now, joining Degeneration X and the New Age Outlaws, representing... Los Boricuas, <laughs> Savio Vega. Oh. Poor Savio. Savio Vega being introduced to a chorus of boos for this non-sanctioned matchup. They're booing him so much. Yes, yeah, that's what it is. Well, I'll tell you what, if I was a DX member right now, I would have a secret smile on my face. Because you see, they got a heck of a partner right there, whether they know it or not, and I think they know it. You got to wonder where the other Barikwas are. You got to wonder what other aces that D-Generation X. So the logic behind this is, Adam, you remember two years prior to this, when Steve Austin transitioned from being the ringmaster to being Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, and he was feuding with Savio at the time. Savio Vega technically won that feud. (laughs) So their logic is, Savio is brought in because he's Steve Austin's Achilles heel. (laughs) Storytelling. We're trying, all right? Whatever we could do, you know? Yeah. And again, from lighter to something a little bit heavier. Um, also on this day in wrestling history, Louis Spicoli passed away. Okay. I love Louis Spicoli, and I'm real bummed out because I saw nobody tweeting about him today. And he's like currently like a forgotten wrestler, you know? Mm. Um, he was a guy that like even in his early days, like me first seeing him, the first time that I saw him was like 93 when he was doing jobs in WWF and he would do like, like he was just like guy, Louis Piccoli. Right. And he would go out there and have like an enhancement match with the one, two, three kid. And it'd be like this fast paced, like nothing else, like on anything else on WWE TV at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they would do like two on one and three on one and four on one handicap matches of giant Gonzalez taking on like an army of jobbers. <laughs> yeah. 
And the jobber that was always in that group and would always be the one that would take all the big bumps for Giant Gonzalez was Luis Piccoli. So then I see Luis Piccoli on the WCW AAA pay-per-view. He's in Mexico. His gimmick is Madonna's boyfriend. Like, that's his name. He's not Madonna's boyfriend, comma, Luis Piccoli. His name is just Madonna's boyfriend, right? Less is more, yeah. <laughs> and, like, he just comes out to, like, material girl. He's wearing a Madonna shirt. And, like, that's his gimmick. But it was heat, you know? He yeah. was, like, a fourth down of the card heel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then he gets the deal as Rad Radford and they pair him up with Candido is like skip. And I'm like, oh man, like this could be something. And like, sadly by then, like his life was pretty much in shambles and like 1995 WWE culture, um, wasn't so, like, eh, it wasn't the place for maybe somebody who was like susceptible to be like partying and pills and booze and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure his run in ECW didn't help him either. You know? Okay, now his run in ECW, like so, the the time in WWF, he gets a reputation, and rightfully so. He comes in to ECW, and he proves himself in ECW, where like that drug culture is like more accepted, maybe a little bit more controlled, whatever it is. And the story goes, and again, I I only piece this together from like Sabu shoot interviews. Because uh, Sabu went to bat to Paulie to bring Louie in. Because of his reputation, Paulie didn't want to bring him in. So Sabu said, if you bring him in, you take out of my pay whatever you would have paid him. Like, so essentially, like, I'm yeah. paying for him to come and work here. Yeah. And Louie came in and, you know, like, he was kind of miscast early as a heel and... And then he was like kind of miscast as like a baby face. Like he like he didn't fit in front of the screen in ECW, but he definitely fit behind the scenes at ECW. He ends up going to WCW where he gets input into like the NWO, like the role that like we'll talk about on the Patreon show, but the role that Disco Inferno plays in like 98, 99 NWO. Yeah, the, the hanger on type deal. That was Louis Spicoli. Yeah. And, like, he's under WCW contract when this happens. And, like, he died of a pill overdose. He was 27 years old, right? Mm. Um, and, like, they gave him, like, a passing mention on the next night, the Nitro the next night. We actually talked about this last year um, because that's how our days and everything lined up. But, like, they give him a passing mention that he passed away. And, like, he was with Scott Hall. And Scott Hall was feuding with Larry Zabisco at the time. And Larry Zabisco, like, makes some sort of, like, in character like offhanded remark about like who cares that he's dead right mm-hmm. yeah it, i remember yeah it was real tasteless at the time because i was a fan and like you know when i first you know met dasher you know avery good whatever you want to call him sean and like we got talking and we talked about ecw like his two favorites in ecw again more disparate that you can get were louis Spicoli and new jack <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> so Louis just one of those guys man like it bums me out like if I had if if I had time today or I like new video editing or whatever the fuck it was man like I would have made like a Louis McCauley tribute video and I'm just sad I didn't see one today 
Yeah, I think we just need to make a point that any chance you get to call action, if you see somebody do a DVD, just call it a Spicoli driver. Yeah, I do. I, I, I know when I would call matches with Sean, he would always make a point to do so, you know? Yeah. Um, Let's keep that alive. You know, I haven't heard that on national TV called that in 15, 20 years either, you yeah. know? Uh, so that was 26 years ago. 25 years ago, we have our head-to-head Monday Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. Now we're going to be covering the Nitro over the Patreon, so there's none of the clips here, right? <laughs> um, but I will just say, you know what, uh, uh, Adam, I am going to play one clip <gasps> here. It, it, is it the one that I hope it is? Well, oh, it's like two clips put together. How about that? Okay. Uh, um, so far, so good. <laughs> so this is notoriously a bad Nitro. Um, I will say here that I thought this was the one where the first hour was just skits. Um, and this one isn't, but we're not too far off from that one coming. Or it was like the week before, whatever the fuck it was. But if there was a shining light on this episode of Nitro, it was this, Adam. Yes! Honey? Good morning. Can you call down for some more towels, please? This one's wet. It's the last one. And while you're at it, I'm kind of hungry. Will you order me that special salad that you got me the other night, you know? And maybe some of that chocolate cake with the little sprinkles, please. And uh, I think we're out of whipped cream, too. Oh, I'm having Hurry. a kerfuffle. <laughs> okay, so that was Tori Wilson in a towel, everyone. <laughs> and hasn't this been fun? Good lord, who directed this Tarantino? Forever. Of course I know. You have to go talk to those people like you promised. But maybe after you meet with them, we can meet back here for some more fun. You thought this time was great. Just wait till next. Now come here. We have a few minutes. Good Lord. <laughs> so, listen, I'll, I'll just say this, okay? Adam, I'm a married man. <laughs> yes. We're talking 25 years ago, right? This is 25 years ago talk, okay? Yeah, sure. That That's a completely different person. If this Tory Wilson asked me to do what we're going to find out all this storyline is going toward, I, I love my family very much. <laughs> but... Man's got to do what a man's got to do sometimes. <laughs> Is she trying to convince Benoit to do something? <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's that's a theory. Because um, to to I, I totally understand, you know, why he went through with it, you know? Yes, yes. Oh, oh. All right. So Raw, on the other hand, is live. Uh, it is the night after the No Way Out pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Um, we'll get a little bit more into the pay-per-view itself here just in a moment, but we do get, Adam, we're on the road to WrestleMania 15, uh, so we get some big developments on the undercard. You know that undercard that Vince Russo loved so much and had something for everyone to do? Yes, he nurtured it like a child. Yes. Names! What? And weak! And I'm talking about... Weak tag team partners. Whole thing sucks. You know, this is about Bob Holly now. And this right here is what Bob Holly's all about. And believe me, Bob Holly 
is hardcore. And with that, I'm issuing a challenge to anybody out there who wants a shot at my hardcore title. So bring it on! So Bob Holly with an open so natural. challenge to put the hardcore title on the line. And whoa, 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 whoa. What oh, the hell do you is. mean, weak-ass <laughs> tag team partners, pal? That's part gun, Do you forget about me? My guy. Former partner of Bob Holly. Oh, no. Believe me, I didn't forget about you because I'm the only one that your ass could not knock out in that brawl for all, boy. Well, he's got a point there. Bart Gunn, the winner of the brawl for all, and he didn't knock out Bob, well, Bob Holly. Holly. With that in mind, how about we take care of it next week on Raw? And I'll take that hardcore title from you, pal. <laughs> Bring it on, baby, because I'm going to show you and everybody else what an Alabama ass kick is all about. Brother, you got it, too. And so Bob Holly, the hardcore champion, will need Bart Gunn next week on Raw for the hardcore title. He's hardcore Holly. <laughs> now, forgive. Hard. Go ahead. Forgive me, like I should be the person who knows this, like front to back. But like Bob Holly, d- did he fight Bart Gunn in the the tournament? Yes. Remember, they okay. were part. They were part of the New Midnight Express at the sure. time. Okay. I- I just didn't remember if they actually face off. So clearly Bart Gunn won the match, yes. won the fight, but it was like, well, you might've beaten me in this shoot fight. <laughs> Technically you didn't knock me out. So like, therefore I am tougher. That's complete nonsense. So this is the debut of him being called, called hardcore Holly. Yeah. And Hey Adam, remember Bart Gunn? I, I do fondly. <laughs> remember when Bart Gunn won the brawl for all? September, October, November, December, January. Five months ago, and he's been off TV ever since? Well, I mean, they're just, you know, letting him rest up. You know, mm-hmm. he, he had that big match at Mania, like, against the A-list celebrity and Butterbean. Well, that's coming up. That's what we're... Th- this this is the oh, okay. road for that Mania, match. Yeah. My bad, yeah. But as they said... And this, and again, so I will say, I, I kid because I love... This was actually smart. They're in Birmingham, Alabama... Bob Holly's from Alabama. He'll get the good reaction. It'll make him seem like he's more over, whatever, right? Mm. And this was still WWE doing Raw, like one week is live and the next week is taped. And they're setting up next week a match. All right. Former partners, they wrestle in the brawl for all, so on and so forth. I remember what happens in that match next week. <laughs> and well, let's... I'll relive it next week. Yeah, go ahead. Let's just say another ghost of the brawl for all makes their return to the world wrestling entertainment. <laughs> you know, I say all the time that WWE has bad tribute shows because they just keep on rehashing the same stuff over and over again. I want a brawl for all tribute show on Raw. <sighs> We're coming up on it. Well, we've had the 25th anniversary of it. So, well, a nice round 26 would be fine. Yes. So. Also at St. Valentine's Day Massacre are two big main event storylines, angles, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, we have uh, Vince taking on Stone Cold in the, in the steel cage, uh, which was the debut of recent world championship wrestling defectee. Uh, this week called No Gimmicks Needed, Paul White. Where have I heard that before? Yeah. Um then the other main event was 
Rock and Mankind in a Last Man Standing match. Now, I know Voldemort has never seen Rocky 2. <laughs> but I'm going to guess Voldemort probably saw No Way or In Your House, No Way Out, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, because the same finish that they do in Rocky 2 is the same finish that they do in Mankind vs. The Rock at that match in The Last Man Standing. They both hit each other with the chair at the same time. They both go down at the same time. Neither man can answer the 10 count, so what are we going to do, right? Mm -hmm. So the next night on Raw, main event is uh, for the title, Rock versus Mankind in a ladder match. And whoever gets the title will go to WrestleMania uh, as the champion to face Stone Cold Steve Austin, the winner of the Royal Rumble. No, wait, he didn't win the Royal Rumble. Vince won the Royal Rumble. He forfeited his number one contendership match at WrestleMania. So drunk Shawn Michaels awarded it Dang. to the runner-up of the Royal Rumble, drunk Steve Austin. <laughs> okay, this Are is track so far. Yeah, yeah, I'm following you. This is just, I'm glad that, uh, you know, all these years later, WWE is much clearer on the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Get up the ladder! Holy cow! Mankind! He's not moving! Now neither one of them are going to be able to climb the ladder! I'm going to interject here real quick. If you know how, um, was it Christmas time or New Year's? Where the rock like dressed up as like that meme photo of him with the chain and the fanny pack and everything else like that? Yep. Okay. If rock wants to turn around the current crowd reaction that he's getting, Come out on TV Friday in the tracksuit. Yeah, the tracksuit, the the loose black T-shirt to cover up his bitch tit surgery. <laughs> allegedly, he comes out like even bald headed Rock, but he comes out wearing this outfit. I I, I might pour my uh, nightmare narcotic down the drain. <laughs> there ain't no way. There ain't no way that mankind is gonna get up on that. Look at Rock. The Rock desperately trying to make it to the ring. And the corporate champion say if he's so damn smart. Here's the MF double feature. Steel stairs from mankind into the rock. And look at this. The rock counters and the rock bottom lays mankind out. Picture oh, what's Again. The rock has the ladder. These giant steel monitors always giving me got up. It was the attitude there. It was incredible. I'll just say that. Look at this. DDT. That's it for the rock. Get your ass up the ladder, Mick. This place is checked, folks. We are live in Birmingham, and we're going nowhere. Do we crown a WWF champion? Right now we're live, and hell, this ain't no stopping the show. Someone's going to be dead. Ladder to the face. And a mankind. The Rock was so good, man. I'm ashamed of myself that back then, 25 years ago, I was probably rooting for mankind in this match. But oh, I was absolutely rooting for mankind. Yeah. I was young and dumb. <laughs> 
belt there is off center in the ring. Well, it's, the, it's, it's them not putting the ladder in the right spot. You'll see why. Championship! The Rock's there, but Mr. Sacco in the front of the Rock! High drama! The championship! At see how close the. Oh, wait a minute! Big Show have a shirt that says "Dit" on it. <laughs> it was Desert Ink Tattoo. Oh, all right. Is that so? It was like the old Affliction or something. No, I, who the hell knows? But these these guys they did whatever they wanted, you know. Yeah. So, with how much Mick gets over, this is in Mick's book, and it's chronicled in a bunch of other places as well. With as much as Mick gets over, there was a plan in place to do the main event of WrestleMania 15 to be a three-way Austin Rock and Mankind for the title. Okay. Someone hasn't been on TV, like hasn't wrestled in over a year, still on TV, maybe still has Vince's ear, kind of buried the idea of doing a multi-person match for the main event for the world title at WrestleMania. Hmm. You know, how that... that It doesn't sound like Triple H, but he's been on TV recently. (laughs) Well, okay. Now, this person would be involved in a triple threat in the main event for WrestleMania five years later. And it's not Triple H. Hmm. It's not Chris Benoit. That was my next guess. Uh, Mr. Hitman. No, no. No, no. It would be uh, Shawn Michaels. See, that does not sound like Shawn at all. So this is them pivoting to doing effectively a double main event where it's Rock and Austin for the title. Um, Mankind versus Paul White in a boiler room brawl to see who gets to be the referee of the main event of the world title match so that they could still have Mankind be in the main event, but not have it be a triple threat. Yeah. Hmm. And, a and, rare misstep from Shawn Michaels, I'll say. Yes, rare. I, I would <laughs> I I agree. I agree. <laughs> they can't all be home runs. Now, one more thing that's a home run this day wrestling history again. We're not going over these full cards and everything. I have them in my notes just in case anything noteworthy comes up. So uh this day wrestling history, twenty years ago. Again, if we're not talking about stuff from twenty six and twenty five years ago, like this is certainly 20 years ago, but it does not feel like it was 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar defending the world title at the Cow Palace in San Francisco on pay-per-view against Eddie Guerrero. Eddie, who had come over from WCW in 2000, got injured, got fired due to drug issues, alcohol issues, 
got rehired, kind of built himself back up to this moment. Brock Lesnar was Brock Lesnar. He's always been. And uh, we get this match. I can tell you that. Look at this. Here we go. I don't want to give away. Brock Lesnar, the champion, trying to figure out what to do here. Brock Lesnar, where the hell is he going? I don't know. Eddie's down. The referee's down. And Brock Lesnar is making his way out here. And this cannot be good. Oh, no. Not this way, Brock. Not this way. Oh. No one's going to stop Lesnar. I have no earthly idea, but this cannot be good. Lesnar's bringing the championship into the ring. Brock Lesnar has that championship gold in his hands in the ring. The referee's still down, so I'm definitely not going to have a clue what whatever Brock has in mind. I don't know. What is Lesnar doing? I don't know what Lesnar... Wait a minute! What the hell? That's Goldberg! That's, <laughs> the, the size of that pop, I was not expecting to see Goldberg be the person that was running out. Gotta be kidding me! What the? The champion's down! The challenger's down! The referee's down! I didn't get back in when they took away Cops! Lars Goldberg speared our champion! Well, that's great! That's great! Goldberg just ruined everything. It's no business out here. But the champion's down. The challenger's down. The referee's been knocked out. Listen to this. You said that already, Cole. Got to fill that dead air. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me Eddie can Look, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Going toward the champion. Don't tell me. Eddie Guerrero covering the champion. Oh, the ref's still down. Eddie Guerrero's going to do it. about that, huh? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Eddie Guerrero was going to steal the title that time. Brock Lesnar kicked out. Lesnar just got speared by Gold. Lesnar had to kick out on instinct. Hey, wait a minute. Eddie Guerrero oh, just grabbed that title. Well, what? And the referee is still down. Eddie Guerrero has that title in his hand. Eddie oh, Guerrero, championship goal. Well, this won't be fair. If he uses this, not the champ. It's not his title. Eddie Guerrero's going to do anything he can to win the title. Eddie Guerrero measuring Brock Lesnar, the champion. But wait, wait, this ain't ain't right. This is not right. Eddie Guerrero with the gold in his hand. No, Eddie Guerrero measuring Brock Lesnar. The WWE Championship is on the line. It's certainly taking a while. (laughs) Milk it, man. Come on. Wake up, have to wake up, ref. Eddie Guerrero measuring the championship. Barely onto the ground. Close enough. 
Yeah. Just in the same area code. Oh, Brock's way too far out. All right. I'm not going to play the whole celebration, but even just watching that again today, like, a big smile on my face, man. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I knew Eddie was going to win the belt watching it, but, like, I bid on every false finish 20 years ago. I bid on the false finishes now watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk too more, too much more else about what this leads to because I think we end up getting a chance to talk about it next month because we're lining up with all the 2004 pay-per-views. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I, yeah. I did shit on Sean for uh, getting into the triple threat main event for the world title, but, uh, you know, it was very clear this match is going to lead to once in a lifetime Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar uh, at WrestleMania. And uh, a lot happens between uh, this show and that show. Yeah. I mean, the best thing about it is that all parties involved really want to be there and they're going to give it their all. That's all that matters. Right. And that's, yeah, exactly. You, you've summed it up perfectly, Adam. <laughs> Now, just real quick, before we get into what we want to talk about from this past week, I want to show you this. Okay. Honey? Can you call down for some more towels, please? This one's wet. It's the last one. And while you're at it, I'm kind of hungry. Will you order me that special salad that you got me the other night, you know? And maybe some of that chocolate cake with the little sprinkles, please? And uh, I think we're out of whipped cream, too. And hurry. And hasn't this been fun? I could stay here forever. Of course I know. You have to go talk to those people like you promised. But maybe after you meet with them, we can meet back here for some more fun. You thought this time was great. <laughs> Just wait till next. Now come here. We have a few minutes. A am I dying? Is this my make-a-wish? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will just say, Tori Wilson, what do you mean by those people? <laughs> I have a, to spoil something from the Patreon. I have in my notes, she's like, oh, you got to see those guys about that thing. You know, <laughs> she's being very vague. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So enough of that nonsense. I figured I'd give you a treat with me getting to talk about the stuff that I like in wrestling. I'd give you a nice double dose there of the stuff that you like. Triple dose when I play it again on the Patreon show. Um, <laughs> and four counting the time I saw it earlier today when I did my homework. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, where would you like to begin with the last week in the world of professional wrestling? Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and start with AEW, specifically the main events. And when I saw it was announced that Orange Cassidy would be facing Matt Taven, I was like, okay, it makes sense. You know, it's it's typical that the heel challenger sends his goons to soften up the champ. And I'm like, all right, whatever. This will be a great, like, Rampage match. And it's like, oh, no, it's going to be the main event of Dynamite. And it's a Texas death match. And I, I share the same sentiment as Brett said in our Discord or one of the Discords. 
is that like Texas death is this high standard now, especially coming off of swerve and hangman and to have it almost wasted on Taven was like, Oh man. And plus this match, like Texas death shouldn't be used as just a, a stepping stone on the way to a pay-per-view between two guys that aren't necessarily like the focal points of that feud. So I was kind of underwhelmed going into this and I'm like, Oh, Hey, the job guy from undisputed kingdom, you know, there's uh there's tables and oh, oh, they went through a table. Yay. So I was like really snarky about this match. And then orange Cassidy hits a gusher and then Taven <laughs> dives headfirst through the ropes, like into the table that he set up outside. That was sick. And then there was Chucky e. T's Valentine's gift heart full of tacks and everybody just gets put into them multiple times in really s- scary ways, like face first, chest first, hands first. Uh, and I was like, all right, you got you won me back. You know, like, I, I, obviously, I'm never going to shit on an Orange Cassidy match, but I went into this with very low expectations with it be- being given the Texas Death moniker. Uh, and then Trent comes out. He dies on a chair and then later on manages to take a bullet from Roddy to save Orange Cassidy. It was complete chaos and I loved it and I was not expecting to love it. And that's something that is kind of rare because when I see like certain matches, I'm like, OK, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And it turns out to be great. It's like, that's awesome. But this came out of nowhere. I was very surprised. And uh, credit Matt Taven. I don't know why DJ says so many bad things about him. So, yeah, so this match, of course. Now, I, I kind of approach things a little bit differently. Like, I think there's a difference between Texas Death match on TV and Texas Death on pay-per-view. Texas well, Death. Why not just call it, like, call it's a hardcore match. It's a tables match. It's a false count anywhere match. Just to kind of differentiate it that, like, hey, maybe the stakes are a little bit lower. It's because, not this big blow-off match. Be- because they were in Texas. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> Now, that's the other thing is I don't go into something like this. Like, I'm not going to say, well, um, Hangman Swerve Texas Deathmatch is the Texas Deathmatch that all other Texas Deathmatches will be judged upon. It's more like Hangman Swerve Matches Texas Death. That is the match that all Hangman Swerve Matches will be judged upon. Um, this is not a knock on OC by any stretch of the imagination. This is not a knock on Matt Taven let that hang there um <laughs> but when this match was announced i'm like okay oc's awesome right you know also on my thing was uh the match from collision of oc taken on uh tomohiro ishii right yeah great match two completely different matches with two completely different style of peoples and the common denominator in all of it is oc oc is the one that you know could do this with anyone he could have that sort of match with anyone in the world because he's that goddamn good right and if I'm going to compare the two, I like the match with Taven better. And it's not a knock on Tomohiro Ishii, but I think Taven probably has more to prove for the reasons that you mentioned and that people kind of shit on him, you know? And for the longest time, Matt Taven was kind of known as, and, you know, if you're in the Discord, people put the clip in the Discord, um, that, like, on an indie show, he decided to do an acai moonsault to the outside on 70-year-old George the Animal Steel. <laughs> you know, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. almost killed him. Um, And he was young, and he's learned, and he's come a long way, and then he was the face. The face? The face 
of a period of Ring of Honor that people want to forget about. Um, like, he was the champion when they had, like, the agreement with New Japan and all these stars. And then he's the one that main events the show and wins the world title. And that just got him a lot of undue heat that I think he got. And he was just being pushed into a spot where he didn't belong. And right now he's in a spot where he absolutely belongs. And and credit to, you know, uh, and again, I don't want to say anything about Adam Cole or Roddy. But absolutely. And Wardlow. But absolutely Taven and to a lesser extent, Mike Bennett. They're from that school of like Jeff Jarrett style wrestling heels where just looking at them and their mannerisms (laughs) makes you hate them. Yeah. There's name me a cool other than their affiliation with Roderick Strong, Adam Cole and Wardlow. Tell me a cool thing about Matt Taven. (laughs) I mean, he probably gets to talk to Maria Canellis every oh, once in a while. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> other than Maria Canellis, name me a cool thing about Mike Bennett, right? Yeah. <laughs> there are no fools. There's a reason why she's in a ring of honor and away from him on TV if they want him to be an unlikable heel. She yeah. comes out, and I don't care if she's bringing Chris Benoit with her. <laughs> I'm cheering. Yeah. So... It's and and he came and he busted it and like that dive that he did to the outside to no one but a table and then he decides to hit a gusher off it as well. <laughs> it was like these two guys were going out there to kill it. Now, granted, you'd mentioned well, I'm comparing it to, uh, you know, the Hangman Swerve, uh, Texas Death Match, and again, I I differentiate between pay per view matches and TV matches, uh, because there is one Texas death match that I do compare the one from this past Wednesday to. Oh. That's right. I can't believe they had this match on TV and they did not have the man who holds the Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match championship involved in this match somehow. But Adam, I'm not going to do the Roderick Strong thing. (laughs) <laughs> Did you see this Friday, the National Nightmare is over? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's been, it has been 118 days since Jeff Jarrett, arguably one of the most over acts on professional wrestling, on AEW television, has had a match on TV. And now he has it. Okay, granted, it's part of a 12-man tag with, like, 19 other people. And it's more or less the backdrop for, like, six other storylines. But Jeff Jarrett's back on TV wrestling, baby. That's all I care about. Exactly. Um, a couple quick things just to button this up. I, I think the Texas death match is not in the same division as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match. I think those are two different leagues. That's why Jarrett wasn't there. You know, uh, obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match is at a higher level. Like, Swerve Hangman should aspire 
to be at the level of Jarrett in his championship. So uh, I'll address that. Second of all, all those people that were grumpy that uh, Taven won the Ring of Honor title at that Madison Square Garden show, uh, who did they want to win, Joe? Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't Jay Lethal. (laughs) I think it was the other guy. So maybe Taven winning was the best thing there. You know, even though they say it killed Ring of Honor, uh, the alternative was a guy holding an umbrella with a a silly mask. So maybe Taven was the (laughs) best choice. I'm Adam. I know, I know. <laughs> Listen, I, some people are dumb enough not to figure out how to make their weekend bookings, but are smart enough not to publicly say into a microphone on a podcast who they're teaming up with, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm happy for you that Jarrett's back. I, oh. You've worked me into a shoot with liking Jarrett's. <laughs> And uh, obviously, Karen Jarrett doesn't hurt matters, you know, but uh, I I do not like this whole dissension in the ranks that they've been giving them the last couple weeks. Uh, I'm happy to put some on television, but like I'd rather than, you know, just give Jeff a match or send out Satnam Singh and have Jarrett just El Kabong somebody and give him the win. I don't care. But uh, yeah, good to have him on there. I'm sure Jarrett will single handedly defeat the entire Bang Bang Scissor gang. Except for Billy Gunn. What if, Adam? Ooh. <laughs> what if Billy Gunn and Double J form a team and they're just like the kick-ass old men who have been wrestling for 40 years and fuck all you young whippersnappers? And you can have them wrestle the outrunners to see who the real oldest men in wrestling are. <laughs> I would be down know? for a Ring of Honor World Tag Title program of Double J and Billy Gunn taking on the outrunners in a best of seven series. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. They have a they have a real Texas death match at the very end of that, you know? Just wrap that up. All right, Joe, what do you got? I got like two more things. Okay. So we were joking before in regards to the build to WrestleMania 15, the convoluted nature of it. We're you know, in the timeline, we're a month away from WrestleMania, and we just now know what the main event is for WrestleMania. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, Eddie wins the world title. There was a match earlier on that pay-per-view to determine the number one contender for whoever the SmackDown world champion was. So we're a month away, less than a month away from WrestleMania 20, and we still don't know what the main event is. Adam, I'm glad that has changed, right? (laughs) I'm glad everything is as clear as mud, right? Yeah. Um... Now, I'll say this, we got a trailer during the Super Bowl, we got a promo on Monday Night Raw, we got a match graphic, we are being told that the main event of WrestleMania is the winner of the Royal Rumble for the second year in a row, Cody Rhodes, taking on Roman Reigns, okay? Yeah. Now, the video also has The Rock standing there, and it also has Seth Rollins standing there. And Seth Rollins said he's going to beat Cody Shield. Yeah, with a wink and a nod. <laughs> Who is trying to out-cornball each other in that promo, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, you, also, you also have, on, uh, I believe, SmackDown previously, Triple H coming out and talking shit on The Rock and okay. telling The Rock that he's not in charge and he's so, what Triple H is. If I watch SmackDown, I think... Triple H is fighting The Rock at WrestleMania because Triple H just came and cut a promo on the fucking Rock, right? Yeah. Triple H 
has spindly little legs like stuttering John Melendez, and he's got a weak heart, and he's got no wife, and he bears... Is Triple H more like Stuttering John than The Rob? Anyway, um, but why are they doing this? Why did and like people are like, oh man, but Triple H is cool. Okay, Triple H is cool, sure. Why is he cutting promos on The Rock? He should be cutting promos on The Rock, unless and I'll eat my words in my John Cena hat. This week on SmackDown, they told us that The Rock and Roman Reigns are going to be there. Uh, Paul E said this to Triple H, and Triple H is like, good, I look forward to it. Uh, <laughs> now, if on SmackDown, Triple H gets the shit kicked out of him, does the full stretcher job because The Rock and Roman kill him, I'll take everything I say back. Mm-hmm. But don't be having Triple H with his spindly legs and his barrel chest and his weak heart and the bracelets that his kids made for him coming out on TV thinking he could <laughs> cut a promo on The Rock. Yeah, Triple H ain't no rock. <laughs> Triple H ain't no rock. And uh, separate conversations. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, I'm kind of close to working myself into a shoot that we're gonna get LA Knight versus The Rock at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. It's just it's, like it's written in pencil. Okay. <laughs> So uh, the Rock and uh, Roman Reigns lay out Triple H, give him the stretcher job, and you who comes out to to save Triple H from further damage? But L A Knight, yeah. 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 And then, then they have, have to re- then they have to reshoot that commercial to edit fucking L A Knight there instead of Seth. <laughs> Well, Seth can Seth can host. Somebody's got to host, Joe. <laughs> he's got a bullshit title. He can do a bullshit thing on WrestleMania. Shut up. He's he's gonna do so. He's gonna have a match. He's gonna <laughs> wrestle at WrestleMania. Shut up. You have uh, you can have a like night one of WrestleMania. You can have The Rock and Roman against Cody and LA Knight. He's qualified for the Elimination Chamber, Adam. He's very clearly winning the Elimination Chamber and taking on Seth. Very clear. <laughs> That's his path, okay? Yeah, I was seeing the the list of the 12 potential people, and it was like AJ Styles, uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight, and then it was like one of the Viking Raiders. (laughs) The 12 top stars in World Wrestling Entertainment, Adam. What's your problem? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, one of these things is not like the other. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure it was a good match. I don't know. I don't watch Monday Night Raw. Um, I I just watch Cody promos when they put them up on YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah so i don't know man i hope triple h gets the like i want triple tri- they don't do blade jobs in wwe anymore i want triple h stretcher job tomorrow night on smackdown <laughs> you want triple h to blade so hard he looks like don Callis's twin oh. <laughs> i don't know if triple h's heart could take it literally losing that much blood oh geez check out check out direct message for breaking news that might come up later in the show oh but uh my other uh, my, that my other thing was I'm getting other breaking messages. Oh, I know that's a heartbreaker. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, Ruined my uh, night. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. God. Um, yeah, I was going to talk about Cody and the, the, the build to WrestleMania and just how like really we went an entire week and we we didn't learn anything <laughs> was going to be my take on it. But we covered everything else. Um, I have one other thing. But if you want to do your other thing first. 
You have one final thing? I have one final thing. Okay. I'm going to do my one other thing, too, because it's going to be a negative. It's going to be my last thing. Uh, Adam, are you ready for me to talk positively about the Young Bucks? Uh, I've been waiting my entire life, Joe. (laughs) So um, the Young Bucks have this really new, cool heel persona Uh where one is always in a rage and then the other one apologizes for the other one being in a rage. And then he's also in a rage as well, so I guess it's supposed to be funny. Um, they also wrestle in the suits that they wore when they beat up Sting, um, which is an excuse for the bald one to wrestle in a hat. Um, and then the other one, the dark-haired one, yes, because his strikes are so shitty, he's added to his repertoire this running double axe handle that's also real shitty. And it's very funny to watch him do it. (laughs) Now, that being said, Adam, apparently Mm. the shoot promo that Darby Allen cut of the Young Bucks on on Dynamite this past week has set the wrestling world ablaze. He doesn't mention what they did to Sting's kids. Okay. He doesn't mention what they did to Sting. He did a couple times. You're just choosing to ignore it. Yeah. He, he mentioned that the other EVPs, not you and not Kenny, were the ones that hired him. Now, the fans chanted Cody. There's other EVPs of the company. Brandy technically was an EVP. How do we know Brandy isn't the one that hired Darby Allen, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I thought Darby's promo was really good. Um, and Darby is like usually really shit at promos. When he said this is a different fight than you guys are used to it being homeschooled, I thought that was a really good line. I thought Darby showed a lot of fire. Um, again, the people that are focused on him getting the crowd to chant Cody, you're focusing on the wrong stuff. Yeah. And maybe they didn't bring up Sting's kids because Sting's kids are going to show up and beat the fuck out of the Young Bucks at the pay-per-view. Got to make them forget about him for a little That's, bit. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And uh, what else was I going to say? I mentioned all the dumb. Oh, and the oh, and see so the other thing. Okay, now it's just a theory, but I think the young box. Now, I, I it's tough for me to separate their on-screen personas from their real-life personas because they're dickheads in real life and they're pieces of shit in real life. They've done a lot of good things for a lot of people that I consider friends, but they were really shitty to my wife once like 15 years ago. And I hold on to a grudge like a, like a loved one. I drink poison, hoping the other person will die. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a million times and it'll never end. Right. Is why I'm in the state that I'm in. Yeah. Um, but all of that being said, um, with their limited understanding of how like old school, quote unquote, old school wrestling works. I love the fact that their heel personas are them doing like the bare minimum boilerplate first day of wrestling school bullshit. And one, their fans are eating it up as though, like, it's this brilliant masterpiece of working that they're doing. And then it's the cornet people that are hot about it because the Young Bucks are making a mockery of the type of wrestling that they love. The (laughs) boilerplate first day of wrestling school (laughs) bargain basement carny heel nonsense, even as much as... 
So there's a very famous angle with Jim Cornette and Paulie Dangerously when Jim Cornette turned babyface. Cornette gets blasted by the phone by Paul Lee, does the big blade job, and he's wearing a white suit, white suit jacket when he comes out, and he comes out the next day on the next week on pay-per-view or TV or whatever the fuck it is, and he's still wearing the white jacket with his blood all over it, and he has that jacket still to this day hanging up in the room next to the room that you're not allowed to go into because that's where all of his sex dungeon stuff is. <laughs> but the fact that the box wore the white thing got the blood on it, and then wear it on TV every week is a direct ripoff of something that Jim Cornette did must be eating them alive, and I love it. <laughs> I love when the people I hate and the other people I hate are doing stuff to make each other mad. Yeah, it's like the enemy of my enemy is my entertainment. <laughs> yes, you know? I like that. Um, I, I think it's awesome that... It finally took uh, the Young Bucks to be like the only way that you can appreciate the Young Bucks is for the Cornette fans to hate them. Uh, so it's kind of interesting there. But uh, I never said like I defended or not necessarily defended, but like I praised the Young Bucks last week as being like uh, like over to me as heels for the first time in a long time or maybe even ever. Um, and I, I did enjoy the furthering of it this week. And yes, I agree. The Darby promo was good. Um, I think it's going to get old if next week they're in the white suits and next week they're in the white suits and next week they're in the white suits. But, uh, uh, I will definitely say this is the, the most I've enjoyed the young bucks as a standalone act in like ever, you know, they, they've only been entertaining to me when they were seconding somebody that was much better than them. But, uh, I am happy that the Cornette fans hate it because I like it when they're unhappy. Did I mention how shitty Matt Jackson's double sledge that he does is? <laughs> you did. Like, like Adam, like I want to hang on because we do it with the video so you could see this, right? Mm. So let me put my video on real quick. Okay. Yes. You could see me. So he, he gets his hands like this, right? Okay. Yeah. And he like puts them like right here. Yeah. And then he runs at the guy. <laughs> and then does this right like yeah. he doesn't even like put them up over his head like this he literally yeah. just like if he just turned his head slightly to be like oh he's just taking a little nappy poo no he puts his hands like right here next to his head and runs at the guy and then like does this it's the funniest fucking thing <laughs> work smarter not harder yeah. <laughs> uh, well joe i have one last thing to go over and i have some making up to do for last week's show my way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. That's right, Joe. I I, I felt really bad after we were done recording last week. I, I knew that the segment that is sweeping the nation on not only this podcast, but podcasts all around the world is, of course, the Lexus King moment of the week. And I neglected to watch NXT last week, so I fixed it. And last week on NXT, Lexus faced Riley Osborne, who is the Chase U job guy. And oh. prior to the match, it was established, and it might have even been established before, I just didn't know, that uh, what's the, the, the Thea Hale from, from Chase U has the hots for Riley Osborne. And they were going to go on a date for Valentine's Day next week, meaning this past week. And... JC Jane gave Thea advice to basically play hard to get. So 
Thea Hale basically cold shouldered Riley Osborne and was like, oh, maybe I'll come to your match. Maybe I won't. So we fast forward to the match. Very early in the match, Riley Osborne, for no reason, climbs the top turnbuckle and starts looking out to the entranceway, kind of like Captain Charisma. Like with his hand over his head, he's looking over, looking for Thea Hale. Thea never shows up. Lexus King does a stupid finishing move, picks up a very quick win. And that was your Lexus King moment of the week from last week, Joe. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. I'm glad that I got that taken care of. Uh, I am no longer in Lexus King debt. Uh, so therefore, with a clean slate, Joe, let's do the Lexus King moment of the week for this week. Come on. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. All right, this is a super-sized week for Lexus King this week on NXT. Oh my God. So uh, we have a backstage walk-and-talk where you have uh, Robbie E. and his caveman tag team partner that I don't know the name of. They're walking. Oh, and come I just, Tuesday. Uh, it's uh, he, There's a meme with him where he says, come Tuesday. I know you. <laughs> so they're walking backstage. I think they had just lost a match. And who would... Would you know it? Who walked up to them? It was Lexus King. And he said, hey, Robbie E, or whatever Robbie E's actual NXT name is, your clients need to watch and learn from me. And then he walked away, and that was it for that segment. (laughs) His name is Robert Stone. Okay. Uh, Were his kids on TV this week? It was just the, the, the dude who's like the kid of the guy that has the big forehead. The dude who's the kid of the guy. No, there's been previous skits on NXT where Robert Stone has his twins actually as characters on TV. No, I, I, they weren't there. Okay. Um, so, okay. Just real quick, the other thing. Um, remember there was like a week or two where they changed Robert Stone's look and everyone thought it was to try to like as a rib or something on Tony Khan? Vaguely, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, Joe, later in the show, noon NXT North American champ Oba Femi comes out. He's cutting a promo. He's saying stuff. I wasn't paying attention. But then Lexus King's music hits. He comes out. He says, congratulations, champ. But you know what? Lexus King takes exception to the fact that Oba refers to himself as the ruler. Because, Joe, wouldn't you know it? Lexus is the king. Huh? Get it? Lexus is the king. But... He's not threatening. Lexus is not threatening to take the North American title from Oba. He's making a promise. And next week, we are going to have, for the first time ever, for the North American title, Lexus King will be challenging Oba Femi. So as they basically about to go their separate ways, Lexus King jumps Oba. And then, like, Oba gets the advantage and Lexus King, like, leaves to retreat for another day. But, uh, you know, so we're getting a title match next week, Joe. And this has been your Lexus King moment of the week. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. Now he's, he's like involved with like twelve different storylines. <laughs> I want I, I want to address the cards and letters that I received last week. Yeah, uh, that complimented us on how good of a bit it was that we worked out. 
And it wasn't a bit. It wasn't a bit. That's just the show. Yeah, it was me legitimately forgetting that the entire segment was a thing and forgetting to watch NXT. And if and if we were more prepared, we would have had a new jingle recorded that yeah. said the Lexus King moment of last week to play. <laughs> yeah, I debated actually just recording a standalone show of me doing last week's Lexus King moment of the week. But I was like, oh, we'll just do a double shot this week. Just to fill that void in your life that is Lexus King. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so that's everything from this past week. Of course, we mentioned it before because it lines up with this day in wrestling history. But we have the show homework that we'll be discussing later on tonight. Um, that is the February 15th, 1999 episode of World Championship Wrestling Monday Nitro. Is this the worst episode of Nitro Monday Night TV in the history of the Monday Night Wars? Go sign up for the Patreon to find out. Uh, or watch it yourself and you'll know. You'll, you'll, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, it won't take long to figure it out. But uh, And I will be assigning to you your homework. And I'll do it right now, Joe. We are All continuing right. the film oeuvre of The Rock. The coolest man, never been gotten to, never failed uh, in all of Hollywood and wrestling. I, I just need to interject here. There's a podcast that I listen to called Why Are You Laughing? Where they talk about like different people in comedy and so on and so forth. And I was watching an episode about Will Ferrell. Now, I don't like Will Ferrell, but I was interested to see like what their take on Will Ferrell was going to be. And they mentioned that not unlike The Rock, Will Ferrell is very embracing when he has a failure of a movie. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I go, The Rock is the most gotten to person when it comes to his movies not doing well. And I so badly wanted to like send it an email to the people and be like, oh my God, like here's all these times where The Rock got was gotten to about how bad his movies are. And just like all this other stuff. And like here's this article where like he tried to cook the numbers and you know inflate things and lie about the results of Black Adam because of how gotten to he is. And I'm like, I'm not that person, but like that person exists inside me. Anyway, The Rock. And I will say, I mean, it is entirely possible that The Rock might be a gotten to person if he had a movie that failed. Luckily, he never has had a movie <laughs> fail, so we'll never know. So, Joe, we will be watching the 2015 classic. All right. San Andreas. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's the rock it's a disaster movie i am shocked that it is not a michael bay movie but it is not is this joe, about like an like the rock fighting an earthquake or something <laughs> the rock fights an earthquake pretty much not oh um, now imagine if we got you know what did we ever get when because john tenta was in wwe as golga <laughs> wonder if they ever fought i'm gonna go look up to see if there's any golga versus rocky my via matches out there and Joe, I just want to say this also stars Colton Haynes, who played the Red Arrow on the TV show Arrow. <sighs> Good Lord. Carla Gugino. Oh, Carla Gugino. I know who that is. Yeah. Uh, and a little known actress that holds a fond spot in my heart, making her second appearance in back-to-back -back weeks, Alexandra Daddario. <laughs> Huh. This is quickly turning into the films of Alexandra Daddario for Patreon. <laughs> And I yes, may you may have to get it through uh, other means. Yeah, it looks like it's only available through Apple Plus. Yeah, whatever that is. I own the DVD, so I'm going to watch. I own the Blu-ray, so I'm going to watch it the old-fashioned way on physical media. And what 
your problem with my uh, opportunity uh, site that I use for the uh, uploads of stuff, huh? It's one megabit per second download, and it's. And if you looked at the picture I sent you, it said it was a 14-hour download. You set it up when you go to bed and you wake up and it's ready to go. Also, oh, I got to send you this. So Google, I'm doing it on my phone because you send the link. You put it. We put it in the Patreon so folks can uh, participate through very legitimate means to watch the shows. And it took several attempts for Chrome to even allow me to go to the website because it said that it was trying to attack my phone. That I that I'm not aware of. That sounds like a problem between you and Chrome. Well, I mean that that's Chrome. My, that's Chrome's problem with this website. I just sent you. This is what I get. Probably three out of every four times I go to the website, I hit refresh and it goes away. But it says dangerous site. Attackers on this site are trying to. Uh, I can't. It's small. <laughs> Attackers on the site you're trying to visit might trick you into installing harmful software, including WCW from the '99 and 2000, uh, that affects the way you browse. For example, blah 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 blah. Chrome strongly recommends you go back to safety to avoid harm. All right. I, I'll, you know what? I'll go back to Dropbox. Um, but I will say this. Uh, I went to my opportunity site, and instead of grabbing San Andreas, I almost accidentally grabbed the Asylum Mockbuster San Andreas Quake that also came out in 2015. Oh, who's in this? <laughs> Is this it? I see Let's some faces. Yeah, well, we might call an audible here. Who's in this thing? Uh, Grace Van Dien, I guess, uh, daughter of Casper, Casper. Van Dien. Okay. Uh, Robert Evans, not the film producer oh. or uh, Archibald Peck. Ah, damn it. Never mind. All right. Um, nobody. There's Bill Voorhees. I guess he's related to Jason Voorhees. Right, right. Yeah. But it uh, looks like a whole, a, a whole lot of nothing. All right. Well, we'll again, watch the actual process. I almost accidentally grabbed a uh, Asylum Mockbuster, which actually is streaming on Peacock. So, well, it's not on Tubi. So, you know, uh, you know what? I guarantee. Let me. You know what? Let me look. Adam. Oh, of course it's on Tubi. Of till course all it's on Tubi. <laughs> I think Asylum is going to be uh, uh, when when Asi- when Tubi takes over. All past Asylum movies are going to become Tubi originals. <laughs> and I assume based on the fact you're unaware of just on name alone, you have not seen this movie, correct? Absolutely not. All right. Excellent. I know The Rock had like a run of disaster movies that he did. And I think one of them might have been Rampage. Yeah, there's Rampage. There was The Rock versus a burning building. Uh, is, is there a vi- like is there a racing video game that's called San Andreas? Well, you're uh, that you're thinking of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. That's so. That's what I was thinking. Of. I know there was a Grand. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's where that's that's where my mind went to. I'm like, was this a video game movie? But no, it's The Rock versus an Earthquake. <laughs> it is. All right, I'm excited for it. <laughs> yep, I'm excited. Uh, Car- uh, Carlo Giugino and Alexandra Daddario in the same movie. Yeah. You still my heart. All right, are you ready for some voicemail? Let's do it. Hey guys, TTT. Long time no here. Not really a toy guy, but he may be amused to know I got myself a Turtles of Grayskull figure at Target last week. The mouth jaw. It looks pretty damn cool. It does. Um, yeah. Hey, the reason I'm calling. 
I will be going to Philly for Mania Week. Not WWE guy covered that before, I believe. Got so far, got my uh, hotel reservation, and I got tickets for WrestleCon Super Show. And uh, about 1.2 miles away from the ECW Arena is uh, Penn's Landing, where the collective will be. And so far, I have my tickets for Bloodsport. Man, Namora and Abe is going to be a banger. Um, Progress and um, Tokyo Joshi Pro, Defy Wrestling and GCW and JCW versus the World. Angel Blanc's going to be there, man. I've seen him in all of Japan. He's awesome. Not big on the idea of leaving the Philadelphia area, especially since I'm so damn close to everything so far. And you might be amused to know that I do have um, the Sean Henderson Presents Love Wrestling or something like that with Speedball versus Paul London. Basically, the old Speedball versus the current Speedball. (laughs) You know, that's on my radar, although I don't think I'm going to get tickets for that until the door. And, you know, if it sells out, it sells out because I'll be driving in that day and that's a hell of a drive. Anything could happen. But is there anything you would say that we, the people must absolutely see Mania Week? Uh, okay, thanks, bye. Um, I will say, first of all, regarding the Ninja Turtles He-Man crossover figs, uh, I, they are cool. I am good and safe on buying them uh, unless they come out with a Manny Faces crossover, because I've mm. said before... I'm like a Manny Faces completist, you know? But I think you and I are on the same page of what the the must-see for WrestleMania weekend is, Joe. Well, it's two things. I'll say this. Like, you know, you really want the good recommendations for what's going on Mania weekend for the stuff like that, the import stuff that's coming through. Go listen to We Need Wrestling. Brett and DJ are going to cover all that stuff for you. Uh, I'm going to see the inside of my house because I ain't leaving to go nowhere. I can watch everything that I really need to from home if I really, really want to. But if you're going to be in the area physically, uh, number one, um, you know, it's the other Sean Henderson Presents show. That's the Dan Champion 40th birthday anniversary bash show. Dan's 40th birthday thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, They officially announced that uh, there's going to be a match there between Jimmy Lloyd and Mantis. Um. One step closer to the dream match, Joe. <laughs> which is Mantis versus Broski. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, which when I alerted Mantis that this match was announced and I sent him the video, he told me that that video w- was recorded pre-COVID. <laughs> okay. Um, saving it for a rainy day. <laughs> and I will say, not a event or a match or an anything else like that, uh, but if you are going to any of those shows, uh, Young Ed is in town. So go look for Young Ed. Yep, just look for uh, look for the cat girl. He, I was gonna say he's the he'll he'll be the cat girl doing nose beers. You can't miss him. <laughs> doing nose beers with Brett and DJ. <laughs> yeah, well, let's kayfabe that. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, they're just gonna be there, like supervising and protecting. Oh yes, yes, yes. They're yeah, gonna like, be his protectors. Yes, exactly. So, it, other than the big Dan thing, did you have anything else that you were gonna recommend, or did I step all over you? No, you're fine. I, I don't like LVAC's not running, AIW's not running, so everything else is out of my purview, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I get you. We're, we're not the ones to go through for this sort of stuff. We apologize. Yeah. Go check it out. Also, Indie Wrestling Guide. They cover some of that stuff, too. They're big oh, for it. sure. All right. Well, next call. call. Thank you for the call, TTT. Oh, hey, guys. What's happening? Uh, Kenny, uh, first time, long time. Hope, uh, <laughs> hope you guys had a good week. Uh, pretty crazy to see OC uh, go coast to coast the other night. Pretty oh, yeah. awesome. you love to see that. Um, in between that stuff, I've been watching a bunch of old 86 Jim Crockett WCW Saturday Night stuff. Oh, tremendous. Um, somebody totally needs to bring back Arn Anderson's old finish to Gord Buster, where, like, uh, picks the guy up for a vertical suplex and then dumps him face first. I don't know. Wonder if, uh, shout out to Marcus. Hope he's, uh, tuned in this week. Anyway, um, <laughs> What else do I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Uh, finally got the uh, the chest tattoos officially finished. I got it touched up today. It's going to be prime, ready to go for uh, summertime at LVAC shows. Very excited. And, uh, uh, yeah, that piece of business. Hope uh, hope you guys are good. Oh, and uh, chicken and rice. I've decided. I've decided to get on the chicken and rice. Yes. It's uh, part of my lexicon now. I'm... Uh, Telling all my friends to get on the chicken and rice, you know, put it in a burrito, maybe have it in a bowl, maybe have it, you know, roasted with some salsa, That's some cheese wrong. and some lettuce. I don't know. Wrong chicken and rice. Sweeping the nation, chicken and rice. I say everybody should get some. Get wrecked, box. <laughs> I don't think that's the chicken and rice that like the right recipe, but I, I hope it's delicious. But it, it might not get the same results as the chicken and rice that I'm a fan of. Right. Now, again, I, I got my kid uh, indoctrinating his friends with it as well. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, Joe, when are you going to work on your chest tattoo? Never. Can't get through all the hair? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, like, what am I going to get? Like, I'm going to get a tattoo of, like, some sort of otter or some sort of creature so, like, the hair can stick through. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just from, like, the position that I sit in and the way that my clothes rub against me, I've got two bald spots on my upper thigh that maybe I could work something in on. <laughs> but other than that, no, I'm, I'm good. Right. A, I, I want to I be buried in a cemetery that my uh, religion uh, allows me to. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously, Marcus, if you know anybody that might be able to use a gourd buster, let him know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. It is pink button time now. Uh, and again, when he gets to his third call here, Ed Jeez. apologizes for calling in so much. But since at odds is the only outlet that, oh, the only public outlet that Ed has for any of his thoughts, Ed could call in as much as he wants. Yeah, I mean, I think the better words for it would be the exclusive home of uh, Ed thoughts. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so here's Ed's first call. Hey, Joan Adam, it's Ed. Um, I'm just now leaving Toy Ohio, and I showed you in the Discord, but I, I wanted all the listeners to know that at Toy Ohio, I picked up the first uh, five issues of Azrael. And <laughs> um, the guy that uh, was selling them, I, I handed them to him, and he said, oh, he's like, I'm glad I brought these. He's like, I just picked them up last weekend in an estate sale. And I said, oh, probably suicide. <laughs> and uh, he didn't think that was as funny as I did. That's so I funny. just wondered if you guys did. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> no, it wasn't funny at all. <laughs> that was a very good joke. Yeah. 
I'm shocked, and I don't know if he's working me. Like I know he he had them like in his possession. Like I didn't realize he actually bought them, and I kind of feel sad because that's not a good jumping on point and not a good representation of uh of Mr. Azrael. So uh, hopefully you enjoy him, Ed. I don't know. Let me know. I wonder if they hold up. Uh, I mean, honestly, the first. 10 to 12 issues of that 100 issue series weren't bad. Uh, it took a steep drop off after that, but uh, I, I think you have to understand Asriel lore to appreciate those 12 issues, though. Asriel lore. <laughs> Which is Batman lore. I mean, come on. All right. I'm Batman lore, Nightfall lore. Anyway. Let me know, let me know Ed. Read those issues. Get back yeah. to us. The only thing that'd be holding up is a loose leg on your table or something. All right. All right. Anyway, next call. Hey, Joan, Adam, it's Ed. Uh, hey, we're going to file this under the thing because I tweeted if they still have Twitter. So this is one of those calls. Right. Uh, I saw on Instagram. It was a video of a lady at SmackDown Friday. And she said uh, that the worst kind of person is someone that tries to make you feel uh, silly or dumb for being excited about a thing you love. And she loves professional wrestling. And I just want to say that I don't think that's the worst kind of person because I think this woman has forgotten about, like, rapists, murderers, school shooters, racists. Um, just there's lots of – there's way worse people than people that make fun of you uh, for liking a thing that you like. Um, so I think that was a bit of hyperbole on her part. Uh, let, me, let me know what you think. <laughs> Maybe you guys think that that is the worst kind of person. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, okay, bye. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that lady. I mean, it's one thing to be a monster, but it's another thing to make fun of what people like, and that's just the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> uh, as we sit here and openly mock Adam for his fandom of Azrael. Yeah, you bunch of jerks. You're, I going also, the, you're going to the same hell that Vince is going to. I also agree that the people who shame other people for the thing that they like are the worst people in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm a nice person. Exactly. All right, Ed's next call. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. I swear this is the last time, Adam, don't worry. Um, so I was just thinking about this today, and since I thought about it, you have to hear it. Um, so Gronk's stuff in WWE, he is really boring and has no personality, and it really confuses me because I remember, like, Gronk being very exciting and people really liking him and him, but I think what the issue is is Gronk has a lot of personality for an NFL player because then most of them don't have any. So the fact that he's a little bit excitable um, makes him seem like a like a really charismatic person. And then you put him in WWE and he wasn't uh, because there's like WWE are like human cartoon characters. So, uh, he just didn't stick out that much. He's no Pat McAfee, you know? <laughs> That's it. That's just what I was thinking of. I was just thinking about Gronk today. Thinking about Gronk and Tom Brady. Um, when I was walking back to my car uh, from grocery shopping, I heard a guy talking to another guy, and he's like, yeah, we're just about basically a third world country. And then he got it. He got into an Audi. I don't think you're allowed to say that if you own an Audi. You're doing pretty well if you own an Audi. Like, uh, I think things are all right, sir. You know what I mean? Okay, bye. <laughs> Thoughts on Gronk? Yeah. Ed, could you post your grocery list in the Discord, please? 
Oh, I want, see, I want to see what Ed's grocery list looks like. I'm sure it's very practical. Or, or is, diet. like, does Ed write it down? Does he have it on an app on his phone? Or does he just go to the grocery store high and just, like, get whatever strikes his fancy? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Whatever's closest to, like, the entrance or exit, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think Gronk is fine. And he came into WWE at, like, the weird time, like, literally as the pandemic was starting. And plus, I think if... I was going to say, plus he unretired from football, so it's like maybe the start and stop didn't help, you know? Yeah, and I think if there was like an actual legitimate crowd for him to play off of or play with, I think he would have been better. Uh, but as we sit here and we discuss this, you know, the words came out this past weekend. Words? No, no, no. Uh, that Steve Mongo McMichael is going into the NFL Hall of Fame this year, and, you know, as we're recording the show, like, his family and caretakers said that he was just readmitted to the the hospital today with a case of pneumonia. But all football players, past and present in professional wrestling, need to be judged on the Mongo scale. Okay. Are, are you that wild in the ring? Are you that incoherent on your promos? Are you? Does it feel like you don't think wrestling is real? Or like you know, like do you think, or like do you think wrestling is real? Like that's the level that you any anybody from any other sport that comes into the world of wrestling, like there should be a thing of like you're compared to Mongo. Like what are you on the Mongo scale? If you're like toward the bottom, then you know you're not for us. If you're toward the top, then like okay, we could put you fourth down in a group, and you could be the guy that yells a lot. You know? <laughs> yeah. And thinks wrestling is real and maybe <laughs> does a lot of crystal math. But anyway, it was a different time and you can't judge. <laughs> I like yeah. him. He's an all right guy. Yeah. Best wishes right. to him and his family. Thanks for everyone for the calls. Um, What else do we have left to do here? Plugs, right? Or no? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, obviously we mentioned uh, the big Dan Champion 40th birthday bash that is happening 5 o'clock Thursday before WrestleMania uh, as part of the Dan Henderson Presents stuff. Uh, I'll have the link to that in the show notes if you're going to plan on going to that. Mantis is wrestling. He's making a rare, non-doing sound at a show show uh, thing. Um, but the LVAC schedule still stands as is. May 11th, Country Club Brewery. July 21st, Mahoning Drive-In. August 6th, uh, Reading Iron Pig Stadium. Uh, as more shows and dates get announced, you'll find out about them. And uh, the Christmas show is still not available uh, to stream or purchase or anything yet. Oh. Um, yes. But... <laughs> If it does come up for streaming, it'll certainly be on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IWTV. Uh, new subscribers using the promo code at odds uh, will let Jerry know that you came to him from us. And you could also, if you see Jerry, you could shame him for lying about making a comeback to professional wrestling. <gasps> Definitely shame him for that. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can go to our T Public store next week when the sale is going on, 35% off. All the designs that we have will remind you again next week. Uh, you can also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our eBay affiliate link. When you click on various links to merchants on this site uh, and make a purchase, that could result in the site earning uh, a commission 
uh, affiliates and affiliations include, but are not limited to the eBay partner network. Yeah. And Joe, before I do the plugs of podcasts, I just have to say I listen to the Chicken Salad podcast because I'm contractually obligated as somebody who's been on the show like 12 times. And I believe Matt assigned his opponent the tag team of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Lexus King. And the person, I forget the guy's name, the person that Matt was facing, did not have them be the new Hollywood blondes. And I don't think he knew that connection. And I was heated, man. So I will not plug uh, the A-Show or Chicken Salad podcast during the plugs. But who I will plug is Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hayabusi, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, it's still just as funny every time. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. All right. You ready for the best part of the show? Yes. Money, 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 money. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot, but I'm the $100 Vansky, and your figures will be bought. Uh, Joe, before we get into the weekly purchases, uh, a quick moment of silence as, as we alluded to earlier in the show we received some pretty sad news uh that uh our friend kevin ford his <sighs> sabu figure he just received broke and uh just once again it's a, it's sad when a figure is taken away so young like that and, and it's a figure that we he waited what almost two years for i think it was like an 18 month maybe even longer turnaround i, I think you know what actually longer than that i think he said it was over two years I, I think it was like between it was 21 to 24 months that were you know and it, it was such good news earlier today sent us a picture of it, it was, standing on both of its legs on his in good spirits you know everything seemed to be okay and you really hate to see a figure taken down in its prime yeah and there it is and you look at that picture and that's like the like you can't pop that back in that that leg's done for you know well, that 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 some things that are broke can't be fixed Joe. Uh, shout our, out to Chella uncensored figures well yeah, worth the wait yeah our, our thoughts our thoughts are with you uh kevin yeah stay strong and i'll throw in here as well i do want to just um i'll throw it here um we did get a call from kevin hellions this week he's okay but like the call came through and the volume was like super, super low and we couldn't hear it. And I ran it through the compressor like twice to try to like raise the levels on it and stuff. And we could barely hear it then. Um, so I don't know if it was the way that it came through the Google voice or whatever it was. But uh, I just want everyone to know that Kevin's OK. You don't have to worry about him. He did call in. It's just, uh, you know, it's my hang ups that I can't have something with like the audio that low. And then our levels are like way up here. It would have like really fucked up the, the the quality of the show. I'm really sorry, everyone. Yeah. Kev, uh, Hellions just messaged me your question. I'll answer for you. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, so, Joe, did you buy anything? No, uh, I what? didn't. Noth nothing for me. Um, you know, Valentine's Day just passed. 
Um, I got my wife a juicer. Okay. Uh, I got my kids stuff for Valentine's Day and like planning stuff like that. So like whatever, whatever. But nothing for me. And again, not so much as a spending freeze, but like I'm going on a cruise in two weeks, so like I'm saving all my money. Yeah. We got the, we gotta talk about what our plans are <laughs> for that week. You wanna talk about it now? We can talk about it now. Eh, we'll talk off the air. That way if plans change, we won't be held accountable. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't know. Oh, all right. Put, Even better. Put, put something up on the ad, the ad odds, uh, the Patreon feed for free. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. We'll see. It, it, let, let me know if anybody wants to, to fuck around on, uh, on the show. But yeah, your, and That's the thing. There's your two-week notice. Yeah. If you're listening to the show and you want to fuck around with it, you want to be part of, what is it, Adam's fuck around? Fuck around playground, I think yeah. is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks from now, it's going to be officially, while I'm uh sailing around san pedro uh making a trip to the panama canal uh you uh can enjoy uh fucking around with adam sign up now (laughs) yes limited availability while supplies last void in you know wherever canada sorry sorry Sorry, daniel (laughs) um all right well i bought stuff um I, I'll be relatively quick, so we're not here all night. But no, do it to me. I got work off tomorrow, man. Whatever. It's not like I'm starting a new job tomorrow or anything. Yeah. Oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> I gotta be. In, I gotta like fucking wake up in like seven hours. Um. Anyways, I saw in the major group somebody was selling a, a bunch of random elite figures, and for the most part, they were really cheap. So I got a figure for twelve dollars shipped. Uh, and it's mint in box. And in a that's so Vansky moment, this is a figure that I used to own, and then I purged it, and then I regretted purging it, so I was back on the hunt for it. But it's the Elite 79 Io Shirai figure, which was her only like figure pre-leaving or pre-getting fired. Right. So like all, all the new stuff is EO Sky. Uh so this was like the NXT champion EO Shirai figure. So 12 bucks ship, mint on card. I'll take that all day, you know? All right. Um, yesterday or the day before, within the last couple of days, I went on Safari and I walked into a Target and I'm just so used to there being nothing on the shelves that I almost didn't believe that I saw a peg and a half's worth of brand new AEW figures show. What? Well, first of all, there's brand new AEW figures. And here's the thing that's, that's hilarious. So these are hitting targets all over the country. At the same time that they're becoming in stock and ringside. Ooh. So what happened to that whole, well, you pay extra because you get them early. You know, don't be a, don't be like a, a casual fan and wait until they're in stores. Uh, well, there's actually already like the, not the, not that I saw, but like the line that has Keith Lee and Billy Gunn that I don't even think has shipped to the pre-order people on ringside is showing up in store somewhere. So it's almost like while distribution still blows for AEW figures, it's almost like they're hitting stores at the same time, if not faster than ringside now. Could so, now this is just speculation. Yeah. Could this be an issue where the dis dis distribution problems are n- fixed in that whatever, Jazzwares did to hold off figures from literally not being in stores for the last 18 months. They figured it out a way to get their figures to hit everywhere at the same time. I think that's probably just my speculation. Uh, just a complete coincidence. Okay. Because like every Walmart I go to still just has a couple Jade Cargill's. 
mm-hmm. and then the exclusive Eddie's and Jericho's. You know, so Walmart, the biggest retailer on the planet, isn't getting AEW figures, at least around here. Um, and it just happened to be that, like, if, I, if you go to, like, my Target um, just has Supreme Britt Bakers. It hasn't had standard AEW figures in forever. Uh, so that's why I was surprised when I saw, like, like I said, a peg and a half's worth of unmatched series eight. So I was like the first one on the, the front peg was the suited Malachi black, which I do need. And when I saw that, I was like, this is the line that has the Brody King with the Brody King chase. And it has the CM punk ring of honor and the ring of honor chase. And there's so many here. Maybe there's a chase. And I started flipping through them. There was two Malachi blacks. I bought one. There was a Buddy Matthews, which I bought. Buddy Matthews is awesome. Uh, no Brody Kings, no CM Punks. The rest of them were the spooky uh, Penta character with the shovel. Oh, the like, Penta El, El Obscuro. Yeah. yeah. It was just a ton of those. So either somebody beat me to – like I, I doubt a chase was even sent there. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. But somebody possibly beat me to the CM Punk and beat me to the uh, Brody King. Or they just send them where it's like each case has like seven pentas and three random other ones. I don't know. But I'm happy I got two of the figures I wanted from that series because I wanted Mal Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody You know, cause for honoring the House of Black. Uh, so I got two of them at retail. I didn't have to pay the sucker's premium. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of being a sucker, uh, I got got, Joe. All right. I did a bad thing. It's not the I first time. It. it won't be the last time. I regretted it almost immediately after. I got a note. I was. I got a notice on my phone saying that a figure went up for pre-order, and I was like, I kind of need this. So I didn't even think. I just checked out. I bought it. Larry? No, no, no. That was last week. Okay. And uh, sent it out to a couple people. Sent it to our buddy Derek. He's like, awesome. I'm buying one. Thank you. More on him in a minute. That carny son of a bitch. Um, Sent it to the Northeastern, Northeast chapter of the Philharmonic leader, Brett. And Brett pointed out something to me. And that is that I just bought a one of 1,000 upper deck slash collect forever exclusive CM Punk figure. That is just literally the, the basic CM Punk figure from a couple lines ago. And they threw the t-shirt on from the, the, the first dance ringside exclusive. So they took the figure from like a basic figure body. And then they took a t-shirt from a ringside exclusive, slapped them together and then said, it's a one of 1000 limited edition. Uh, I didn't know that before I bought it. <laughs> But I bought it, so yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, like months ago, I told you I bought a Michael Jordan Funko Pop, and it came from Upper Deck, and it was uh, uncirculated. It was like sealed in a hard plastic case. Yeah, it was a while ago. I remember you mentioned it. Yeah, that. sure. Uh, this is the same company, so this figure comes sealed in an acrylic case. So if you like, if you were like one of those people that was like, I want to open a figure and display it, like you'd literally have to like crack the display case to get to it. <sighs> Which is really the only way to preserve Phil's health. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, did you now? Did you see? I, now I had joked when it went up for pre-order, but yeah. apparently, I don't know if it was just a joke. But there's separate like packaging and carding for Larry. Well, you're talking. That is the zombie one, right? Though I don't care. Hey, listen, yeah, you, yeah. you got listen. If you're buying full dolls in 2024, that's on you, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's my all the shame on me. But you're, 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 it's a sucker's premium to give any money to Phil, right? Yeah. Fuck him yeah. forever. <laughs> but we're talking about the 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 zombie, yes, yeah. I, I realize right off the rip that there's a separate Larry Carding. It just makes it easier to throw that piece in the garbage. <laughs> it makes it easier to throw Phil in the garbage. That's right. Yes. So if there's anyone out there that wants a Phil but doesn't want a Larry, hit me up because I want a Larry. <laughs> yeah, it would have made more sense to just have it be an accessory with the figure, kind of like Jake Snake or like yes. Hacksaw's like sled, uh, Sledgehammer, Jesus Christ, two by four. <laughs> you know, Hacksaw Sledgehammer. Yeah. Just like Sting's trademark casket, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like it. the fact that it's two separate pieces. I think it's because they said that if you this is a pre-order exclusive and he'll be oh. obviously selling uh the fill figures for years to come even though they're super limited and exclusive and those won't come with the the larry uh just like how he still keeps on finding uh danhausen's under his couch cushions and they don't come with the accessory bag that had like the the bags of human monies and the jar of teeth and stuff yeah. like that they're right next to all the broski wedding brawlers that exactly. he keeps finding. Has he found one recently? I don't know. I'm kind of checked out of broski. I, I honestly, I stopped watching the whatnots when they went off into their own things. Because I liked it when it was one show that, like, the three of them were on. Yeah. It was like a bonus podcast. But honestly, I'm not broski pilled enough to just listen to him yelling at people for an hour. <laughs> you know, with nobody else to chime in. But, <clears throat> excuse me. And one last thing. And, oh, my uh, God. I'm done after this. I'm done after this. Uh, this is not something that I regret, Joe. This is not something that I got God on. This is something that I am not only happy that I own, but I am proud to own it. Not just because this is the golden age of Azrael, but Joe, I am the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting. And this week, Entertainment Earth put up a very, very limited edition. I'm sure they're almost sold out. One of 3,100. They made an extra 100 just in case I wanted to buy 100 of them. Uh, Azrael McFarland uh, multiverse figure. So it's a it's a white one. It's like a repaint with like a sketch edition. So it's white with black highlights. It comes in a nice box where you can actually see the figure. Um, like I said, it's limited to one out of 3,100. Uh, I bought two of them because, again, I need two. Um, and that went up for pre-order. I was at the comic shop. I was checking out with Becky, star of A Walk Down Lois Lane. Yes. And, and I get the notification. And I went, <gasps> like, I gasped. And she's like, oh, my God, is everything okay? <laughs> like, she was legitimately concerned that, like, something bad happened. But, no, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> So I was like, give me a second. I got to go do something. So I went to Entertainment Earth. I went, I added two of them into my basket. They're $30 figures. Entertainment Earth tried charging me like 20 something dollars for shipping. And you have to spend $80 to get free shipping. So I'm like, well, I just need to spend $20 more to save $20. So that's just math. You know what I'm saying? So I looked at my uh, like my wish list. I'm like, what didn't I order? What have I been sitting on waiting for a rainy day? And Joe, not only are we in the golden age of Azrael, but we're in the golden age of debut figures of Kenny Bogod Pickett. So I picked up the McFarlane Toys NFL uh, like Sports Vision whatever Kenny Pickett figure, and it put me over this free shipping threshold. I used some promo codes, got a couple bucks off. 
Uh, it was just a good day in toy buying. So even though that happened before the uh, CM Punk 1 of 1000 thing, I feel like this balances the scales of justice when it comes to the figs. Now, I, I want to say I, I did attempt to you know do a, a trick that I saw somebody else do. Yeah, try to I, I put stock. Yeah, to see how many are in stock. I tried to put 3,100, <laughs> and the most it let me put was 999. Okay, so I, I feel like, uh, oh, 990. Well, maybe that's just the limit, because I feel like that's an oddly specific for there to be 999. I think that's now, just the most of the field holds, you know? Now, that being said, it it changed, right, because it only does three characters. It defaulted my 999 to 200. Okay. So that means 2,900 of them potentially have sold already? Maybe. Maybe. Or just only allows you to buy 200. You know? Right. But I'm sure it'll sell out any day now, especially once word gets out as people listen to this and realize that there's a new Azrael figure out there. Um, I thank the people who have messaged me about it. I got several messages about its availability. And uh, uh, I got a buddy that will no doubt, like a year and a half from now, ask me, do you know this came out? And I'm like, Come on, man. It was a year and a half ago. If anyone uh, knows this comes out, it was you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm happy to add another Azrael figure. Uh, it, you'd be shocked how many Azrael figures just come out on a yearly basis, Joe. It's, again, the golden age of Azrael never ends. Oh, and I have one other thing I was going to mention, unless you have anything else. No, I didn't buy nothing. Yeah. Okay. You were going to chime in. I mentioned a carny son of a bitch, Derek, <laughs> during the show. And yes. I, do you remember... Uh, uh, months and months and months ago when All Out in London happened, they had the 1 of 1,000 Wembley Stadium exclusive Jamie Hayter figure went up for pre-order. Yes. And I lamented that because it went on on sale at like, whatever, 5 p.m. England time, it was like 7 a.m. here. So I missed it out and it sold out. And it's the only pay-per-view AEW figure that I don't have. Um, I remember the morning of like waking up at like 11 a.m. You know, I, I, I might have slept in and seeing that it had gone up for sale and it, it was like gone. And I sent like the listing to Derek and I was like, oh, man, did you see this? And he was like, oh, no, I didn't see that. That's crazy. Oh, man, I wish I had known about that. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, oh, let me know if you see one in the major group at a good price. I'll grab one. And he's like, OK, no problem. Son of a bitch got one this week from his pre-order and he's like oh i forgot i pre-ordered this i'm like you liar jacques hughes you were working me the whole time this son of a bitch ordered one and i uh, just want to point that out on air that he tried to be like oh man that's crazy i didn't know that went up for order so big bad it's, it, it's the uh 2024 version of broski sending his dad to go pick the figure <laughs> pick up the figures he hid for him and brian to split exactly oh but yeah he did say it's it's in his will that if something bad should happen to him that i get that figure so let's hope nothing bad happens to him yeah wink but that's all i got joe i know i i killed an extra 40 minutes of weekly purchases well listen you had a busy week you know yeah uh i you know you knew i had nothing and you knew you had to pick up the slack i get it yeah it's that's me you know picking up the slack yeah yeah uh, all right. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. This was episode 280 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 